My Mac Podcast number 219. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. Well, the end of day two for us at the Macworld Expo, although most people would say it's day one, but really, Guy Searle, it's day two for us, isn't it? Because we, we were busy yesterday with the Macworld Expo stuff. Yeah, I think this is actually day three for us. Day three, well, yeah. <laughs> well, or, yeah. doesn't count. Doesn't no, count. no, just getting here. So during the day today, uh, you, you recorded some stuff, correct? Yes, I did. So what are we going to hear from you later in the show? Uh, I've got, oh, you had to ask me that. Uh, I've got some stuff from Eve Online. Uh, Eve Online is the, the online game. online thing. game. Right, right, right. And um, oh, I, I'd have to go back and, and look at it. Okay. Um, or listen to it maybe since it's yeah. recorded. Looking yeah. at it is really not going to help you. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, look, a digital oh, look, file. It's a digital file. <laughs> I know it's on that file. Sure. So we're going to be listening to clips on this podcast that was recorded on the showroom floor. We also got a really good, I think it's like a 20-minute interview uh, with uh, Larry from Otherworld Computing. We'll be playing that right. as well. MaxSales.com. MaxSales.com. And they got some really cool stuff this week oh, but, that I'm looking at. I Oh, you weren't at that meeting, were you? No, I wasn't at the booth. Well, you and I went there earlier. Yeah, but we got to see some stuff that we really didn't look at earlier. Right, right. I really I, neat stuff. There's a new. You remember that Universal Drive adapter that we always talk about? Yeah, they got a they've new got, version. They've gotten well. It's different. And that's all I'm going to say. It's called the Voyager. It looks like a toaster. <laughs> it looks like a little toaster, but it's really cool. You got to have to check it out at their booth, guy. Oh, is is that the one you just kind of drop the drive drop in? Drop the drive in, and it's got like an eSATA connection in the bottom. In the bottom, and you yeah, can hook it up cool. via FireWire or USB or what have you to your Mac. It looks really, really cool. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, looking at even better. Sam walks in, hands out goodies, and uh, walks away. And I still don't have a new see-through case for my MacBook Pro. First generation, but that's because Sam doesn't yeah, love me. There's no, they there's no have case for mine. They no don't have, they don't have a new one. So no, I, I need, I need Sam a new loves one. Everybody. Okay, so now you tell me. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to move away from the MyMac guys for a minute. We've got a special guest. His name's Dan Brulowski, right? Bruce Brulowski. Bruce Brulowski. Why don't you explain what the company you it is that you work with? And the conference that you got coming up, okay. and why it's significant. You're 16 years old. You just turned 16. Yeah. So you're driving now. Uh, not yet. I'm Thank Caltraining. God. I'm still Caltraining. <laughs> going the public transport way. You're the future of events like this. You're the future of the programs and what we're doing online. Um, do you kind of look at what's going on now, seeing what can be improved, bringing a, a fresh, fresh perspective? Because you've grown up with this technology. So if you're 16 now, you were born in what 1990, 1992. Yeah. I mean, to us, that's the rest of the MyMac crew are like, oh my god, that's yesterday to us. You've grown up with the internet. You you don't really have any point of reference that you can't just get online and learn this information immediately. Whereas we would actually have to go to the library to get stuff. I mean. It so do you, it was books. it was huge. So <laughs> and then we still have them at school. Do you, do you uh, do you have an Believe appreciation of what's come before? Do you have an interest in the history and with what you're doing? 
where do you see it going forward? Because you're the future, so let's start yeah. there and what you're doing and that sort of thing. Well, first of all, um, a little bit of, about myself and what do I do. Uh, I'm the host and executive producer of the Apple Rumors podcast, which is like my Mac, uh, Apple-themed podcast covering news, rumors, and conferences like Macworld. Kind of our competitor. So thanks for... T- no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Besides that, I'm also the founder and CEO of a startup called Teens in Tech, which is a media platform and community for teenagers, empowering teenage media creation. So let's say you want to start a podcast like my Mac, except you're 30 years younger. 30 years. <laughs> yeah. And Just then, 30 years. And then, um, and then uh, you want to start a podcast there, you get a free blog, and from there you can start producing media content and distributing it. And the conference that me and Sam Levin are planning is the Teens in Tech Conference, and that's bringing youth and technology together. Uh, because there hasn't been a conference where there it's just showcasing the young talent that we have. Like I, mean, I said, you guys are the future, and I, exactly. I really like the fact that your generation is really into self-creation. You guys are creating your own content. You're distributing it. You guys live completely different lives than any generation before, more so than any. You're not tied to three-network television. You're not even tied to cable television. You're producing your your, at all. I don't watch television anymore. You're creating your own content and you're sharing that content with like minded people just like you. Do you see a financial future for that? Um, I definitely do, I believe but you have to keep in mind teenagers they want to get money, not spend money. So but you got to get it from somewhere. You have to, and that's where the parents come in. <laughs> well, they have to get it from somewhere, <laughs> and that's where the jobs come in. <laughs> that's and that's where, where you know, with, especially at times like this, it's just hard for everyone. It's, you know, even for us, for teenagers, because we're always <laughs> so demanding to our parents. You know, we want the latest. Da- ga- in my case, I want the latest gadgets. You know, um, this, uh, this yeah. MacBook Pro sitting here. Well, this was actually my 16th birthday present from my parents. Very you know. Cool. So in Mine was a 1970 Delta 88 Oldsmobile four-door that my dad drove for 20 years. Mine was a 1965 Ford Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times have definitely changed. Yes, definitely. But, um, there were no computers. Those cars have yeah. wireless no, none there of them. No but, I, but I could do things in that car that he can't do with this computer, at least with another person. <laughs> so you create content yourself. Where do you see the content creation crowd going? Um, I think a lot of it... Uh, has to do with social networking, uh, especially sites like Facebook and MySpace. When it comes to like photos and tagging people in photos, Facebook is number one on that because Facebook is all about you know that getting together and connecting. So you think the new iPhoto is going to help a lot of Mac users in that regard? Oh yeah, I think the new iPhoto is definitely a big hit. Um, especially a lot of teenagers today are you know getting MacBooks for their you know for their birthday or for Christmas or for the holidays. Uh, just because number one, they have a bunch of things that you know it's like <coughs> photo booth. You know Kids can spend hours with that, just playing with the effects. My kids do play with that for hours. It's It's almost a game. Exactly. It's such a time waster. What did you think of the new GarageBand? uh, I think the new GarageBand could have added some more features. Uh, I'm actually, I'm a big fan of the new iMovie. Uh, I am, my podcast is both audio and video. And so what I've been doing is, because I hate iMovie 08 so much, I've been (laughs) using 06. And, Just my, uh, iMovie HD. iMovie 06 HD. I so, agree with you, by the way. Yeah. yeah I, so, hate, I hate the iMovie HD. I've been saying it's a turd. The new version, we'll see what it's like, but I'm hoping it's not just a turd with a little 
uh, perfume. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and one of the things that I I wanted to see, or we'll have to wait to see if it's in, is lower thirds. I'm, you know, in order to do like professional lower thirds, I would have to go to Final Cut. Right. And I was running on but a Mac. But GarageBand is a consumer. Yeah. If they, if you, exactly. if you need that demanding, Apple's expecting you to spend a little money and get. The professional grade software. Exactly, and so with the new iMovie, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, how can I push it? You know, how much content can I put in it, and how much will it give back in that? And you know, because right now, you know, GarageBand's been working fine, but iMovie's crashing. So it's, you know, and I have a brand new MacBook Pro, so it's a, it's either a sign that I'm pushing it too hard, or it's not working hard enough. So yeah, it might be a combination of both of them, but I think that it's probably just. The software is just not very good right now. So, so Daniel, let me ask you a question. You said you don't you don't watch TV. Do you watch TV programs? Uh, I do. I watch everything online. So okay. I have Hulu. Um, I don't torrent. I'm, I know. I wasn't asking yeah, where, but, how you got it. I just was curious. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, see, because Hulu. I think to me, you're, you're, you speak of the future that, that the whole idea of broadcast networks are kind of gone. Oh yeah, you that's watch, why you watch what you watch, what yeah. you want, when you want to watch it, and how you get it is. In, you know, in but that's not just his generation on, and it's ours too because we've adapted. We've adapted, we but I'm getting used to the fact now that if there's something that I want to watch, I'll purposely not watch it when it's first broadcast because I'll watch it later when I want, so I can skip the commercials. Do you right, find so we grew up on TiVo, right? So you skipped TiVo completely. I, no, right? actually, we had a TiVo at my okay. house uh, two or three years ago, but you don't and use it anymore. Well, my parents don't watch TV, so, okay. you know, they, we recently... You personally, though? I personally... Well, but Your TV sometimes. is this computer in front of you. My, yeah, 95% of the time. Yeah. Wow. When okay. there's... That's cool to know. I mean, I like that. But yeah. there are times when, you know, <coughs> the family gets together. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I watch that online. So, what? you're uh, 16 years old, you're at the Macworld Expo. What did you yeah. come to the Expo? To, what are you hoping to get out of being here? Just seeing the cool products or making connections or... A little bit of both. I mean, this is like, this is a time where you actually get to meet people face to face. Like, I've known you for, you know, well, I've known Sam for a long time, and Sam introduced me to you, and so it's like now actually meeting you face to face. It's a little different, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I'm and much so, uglier in person, by the way. <laughs> um, He's not normally blonde either. No, I'm not yeah. usually blonde. <laughs> you know, Tim, you say that like you expect an argument. <laughs> no, I don't. I, that, was a, that was a statement. It wasn't oh, a question. Okay. All right, all right. But. It's, it's a lot about communication and meeting the people. Like Victor Cahia from the Typical Mac User Podcast, although he's only an eight-hour drive away from me down south, you know, this is the first time I'm actually meeting him in person. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, you know, just meeting everyone because it's all about the Mac community here. You know, Macworld is about bringing the community together and sharing your experiences. Especially next year. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, well, next year. Yeah, next year probably well, be a little if different. If there is a next year. Now, last question for you. We'll be here next year. You, well, it will be here next year. It depends on how many people are here next year. There's a big difference. Well, there is still there is the option that IDG can opt out of the contract with Moscone and but they've been basically well, not even move it, just not do it. I mean, they've they been. Claim they want to do it. They've so highly. Well, of course, they claim that's their business, but that's what they have to say. For get ready for 2010. Yeah. So I'm. It's it's a good indication that there will be a 2010 Macworld, but I wouldn't get your hopes up at this point. I think it's going to depend on how many people sign up for next year, vendor wise. Um, well, strangely, trade shows are a dying beast right now. I don't think it's strangely. I think it's because you can get all the information that you need online. 
virtually. It's, it's what Daniel said, though, and I have to agree. You can. So Apple kept saying, we don't need to be there. You can go to the Apple store. Well, there are things here you can't see in an Apple store. And there are people. You don't. I don't meet him in the Apple store. No. I don't meet Sam in an Apple store. You I'm know? afraid to back up the community. So right. I think he's absolutely right. This is about bringing the people together that are interested in pushing this envelope. There's a perception that teenagers are lazy and they want everything now and they're not willing to pay for it and they don't have a lot of... Patience. Um, patience, and they don't create anything themselves. This seems to be the well, total opposite again, of you. Do you think that's exactly? Then not, I'm not. The I'm not the every single teenager who probably right now is cutting class and smoking weed or something like that. I'm instead running a company. You know, doing do you feel more comfortable with people like us or people in your own high school? Uh, it all depends. You know, there are things that I can't talk about with. We you can guys. buy. We can buy alcohol, but I don't drink. <laughs> Neither do I, actually. <laughs> So let's move over to Sam. Sam Levin's yeah. Cool Mac Picks. Yeah, Cool Mac Picks. You, you spent a lot of time on the showroom floor today, man. Oh, man. It's crazy. Saw a lot of cool stuff. What did we see? We saw Senna. They make some cool cases. You know, Senna cases. Uh, they're all made in Turkey. Handmade leather cases. You can hold it up to the microphone, but it, it's not yeah, going to help. I know. I keep wanting to show the <laughs> hold it closer to the show the video, but there's no video. But that's okay. They're a really cool company. Who else do we see? Oh, Boinks. They have a, a product called Boinks TV. It's Amazing. live TV broadcasting. That's very cool. Really neat. Guy actually did a first look on MyMac.com on it, and um, I met, I saw Oliver last night. Oliver is the CEO of the company, and it. I can't wait to check it out. Now, with that, you want high-quality video. So what goes better with that than a video source such as uh, Blue Microphone's new yes. webcam? It's HD. What is it called, Daniel? Uh, it's the... the Here, name? I have it in my bag. Uh, anyway, it's basically the Snowflake mic with... It's, it's called the Eyeball. Uh, yeah, eyeball. eyeball. It basically hooks up over your monitor, and it gives you both a mic, high-quality USB mic, which Tim uses, the Snowflake, and an HD camera built in. Oh, it's HD built in. HD. Slides out. Oh, I see. It looks right pretty in. neat. It, it's it got a little tiny camera so that kind of looks like a thumb drive, and it just pops out the side of the microphone. It's really, really... That's an innovative design. I, I really like it. So it's cool, and that becomes your webcam. USB, right? And it is USB. USB. Isn't that cool? Everything Very tucks cool. in into the case, so there are no loose cables. It's all packaged. So this is a perfect solution for Boinks TV to do high-quality streamed broadcast TV. So you've got HD camera. You've got great audio. You've got a great solution because of Boinks application, and it's only for the Mac, by the way. Does it seem like this Macworld Expo is more focused on the Mac this year than in previous years? I'm seeing a lot of Mac products. I'm not seeing as many iPhone or iPod vendors here. It really does seem to be the Macworld Expo again. It, it, does, to, it does to me. Go ahead. One of you guys. Who wants Daniel. Well, I think the reason being is because last year was when the iPhone really just became the... You know the product. You think I mean, there's a room for a, I mean, a MacWorld Expo, but it would be maybe a, an iPhone Expo. I there's, I mean, not everyone here has an uses an iPhone. I mean, a lot of them do though. Well, 
There's a lot of them here, but that's kind of like right. Uh, well, that's why you know, and that's why you know, I was actually thinking, why is the the cell network all clogged up? Is because there are thousands, <laughs> if not millions, iPhones in the same you know like five mile radius. Yeah, right? they're, last, they're last clogging year, it up. Last year they had AT&T reported major problems around the show because of so many iPhone users in one place at one time. So I do want to mention our sponsor for this podcast, Posi Motion and Mac Sales. You'll hear an interview with Mac Sales later, so I'm going to forego the commercial in quotes. Uh, but Posi Motion makes some great software. Somebody was telling me about a golf program. I don't play golf. So it was was that you talking about some uh, the, an iPhone app from Posi Motion about uh, golf? Posi Motion makes this uh, golf product called Golf Flyover, and it's got it's GPS based so that when you're on the golf course you can watch the flyover of the golf course you can see it oh where you're playing where you're playing (laughs) and it's got a T brake meter built in so you can buy brake meters for I don't know 10 no more than that they're expensive they're They're, they could be 20 40 50 bucks this is built in because I pause motion has a thing called level which is turns your iPhone into a, a level it's called a level well they've got that built in as a brake meter into golf flyover and it's all it's it's pretty amazing so you can use it to to see your you know the break of the you know I have absolutely no idea what any of that means because I've never played golf yeah or anything but right, sounds go. pretty cool so yeah. Posi motion is definitely yeah they're they're doing they have like 15 apps on the uh, store the iPhone uh, app store. And then they've got a number of games. They've got Shake and Break. They've got Pool. Their new pool game, guys, their new billiards game is Wi-Fi based. So you can play with other people on the Wi-Fi network. That and pool looked great. It, that pool is great. I have a lot of fun. I actually it's talked about that version, last week. Just coming out with it so that you can use it with other people. Oh, <laughs> now, see, now that, I, that I like. Okay, that's a big Posi, deal. And with Posi Motion, the thing is they're really pushing GPS and the powers that the GPS chip inside the iPhone It's going to change a lot of things I, yeah, it, for sure. gaming and for utilities. And Owen, oh, uh, you, you spend a little bit of time on the showroom floor. Any particular companies that kind of stood out in your mind that you, you kind of want to talk about before we wrap up this segment of the podcast and get so to I what we recorded earlier? Meetings, I mean, coming, but the one company that stands out that I've been waiting for them to be here since April is a company called iFi. Yeah. And iFi makes a small little USB, I mean, um, SD card that you put into your camera and it has a Wi-Fi radio in it. And they have three products, um, a home user that just goes to your local Wi-Fi spot all the way up through something they call the Explorer, which includes, in fact, he's got one right here. Which includes um, the uh, the access to Wi-Fi spots and and glo- what do they call it geo um, geotagging. So this thing goes in your camera, and when it finds a Wi-Fi, it uploads your photos and tags them for you. So the, if you buy the high-end one, it includes all the access, and this basically gives you a way of uploading and having your stuff ready on the web. So just what like was that. the announcement with the iPhone today? They introduced an iPhone app that gives you a lot of the functionality that's in their card for cameras on the iPhone now. So now you take photos on the iPhone, that app will geotag them and upload them to, uh, to a website. Is there a fee? No, he said it's free if you own the card. Yeah. So that sounds like a pretty cool program. I'm going to have to go by the booth and check that out. Yeah. Uh, uh, a quick note about this. Uh, it only uploads photos. Let's say you're not at home and you're walking around. It only uploads photos if it's an actual open network. Not an open right. network where you have to hit a splash page to log in. Yeah, it has Just to be a open. completely open network. And it only uploads photos. It does not uh, JPEGs. It won't do RAW and it doesn't do video and it doesn't do sound files yet. But, you know, this is their first product. It's a small company. 
You know, I expect to see some. And oh, yeah. In fact, the D ninety from Canon yeah. already has an interface for turning this on and off. So if you have a D ninety Canon, you have yeah. this in there, and it starts to upload, and you turn the camera off, the camera will stay on that, until the upload. That's done. Canon or Nikon? Who makes the D ninety? Maybe I'm sorry. D ninety. Oh, Nikon. that's the Nikon. That's Nikon. 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 Sorry, my mistake. Nikon. Nikon. The Nikon D ninety. It's it will the phone will the camera will stay on until it's finished uploading, and you can turn the radio off when you're using I'm it. I'm sure the so, other manufacturers will be following that yeah, very so. shortly. Uh, I want to talk to Guy Sherrill. Guy, yeah. usually at the Microworld Expo, you and I kind of hang around most of the day, but we kind of got separated early today and and uh, didn't really hang around too much on the showroom floor. So, what were you looking at out there a lot that kind of caught your attention? Well, the first thing I did was I went over to the North Hall and just wanted to, you know... Get the feel. Yeah, get the feel on what was going on over there. And um, when, I, when I came back over, you know, w one thing I've noticed this year, and, and I think it was hit on earlier, is that this Mac World Expo definitely has a different type of feel to it, you know, with Apple making their particular announcements. It just seems like people are kind of walking around almost, almost in mourning, for something that that may not be here next year. Yeah. Well, we've got a whole week to kind of gate. Today's gauge, yeah. today's the weird day because it's a lot of people at the expo who really aren't the expo people. They're just here for one day because of the Apple announcement, and they book out of here. Right. And so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, especially Friday, that's when the diehards are still here, like us. Like us. So we'll we'll get a better read probably next week. We'll really be able to look back and and kind gauge of how gauge how successful the the expo was. Finally. Mark Rudd, you started writing for us less than a month ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it is about a month ago, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, about a month ago. About a month ago. A couple of articles You've up been to Macworld these. before. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But this is your first one covering it officially as press. Yeah. Is, it, is it different for you to be here as press rather than just a, a show goer? What's the difference? Do you, well, do you like it one way or the other? The difference is that from the media standpoint, you, you, you get a little bit more of an opportunity to have some one-on-one -on -one time with some people within a lot of the booths. They're, they're very anxious to talk to you about some of the things that are upcoming, you know. Um, so you get you get to be escorted through a little bit more VIP treatment. So from that standpoint, it's been very helpful. Um, just on on the standpoint of where where I was this afternoon, we had a, a MyMac meeting with um, the the people over at Omega. I was at Omega first, and they have some really great products upcoming. We have a lot of audio as well as pictures that we'll be putting up to the site soon. But um, they have a uh, Drobo competitor. Oh, do they? Yeah. We need we need a competitor for the Drobo. Yeah. It gets uh, all the HP's attention. Media server. Uh, another one. Did yeah. you see that? I haven't seen that one yet, yeah, but I've heard really about cool. it. Yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff that and we so need we'll, to talk we'll about be, still, We'll be looking obviously. at that product, and it's uh, it's RAID, and it's uh, hot swappable, and uh, Firewire, a lot of the different connectors, and uh, it'll be taking the new 1.5 terabyte drive, so they'll have a total of three terabytes capable in it. And it's a beautiful enclosure. Really? Um, really looks nice with the Mac Pro if you have one. And, of course, they're kind of moving it towards that. But they have a pretty diverse product line there. And so we'll have all that up for our viewers to look at. We'll be reviewing some of the units soon. So, yeah, it's a good start to the first day. A, a year ago, almost a year ago right now, Macworld Expo is a week later last year. But right. basically a year ago, you came to the podcast meetup. 
that's when we met you for the first yeah. time. You kind of went off our radar for a while, and then yeah. you started emailing me again. Uh-huh. But did you think last year that you'd be on the other side uh-huh. of Looking Glass? And no, I didn't. Wearing no. a staff shirt. I was, I was on the outside pressing my nose up against the glass, looking in, and now all of a sudden I'm on the outside saying, let me out. No, let me saying. out. No. What it, was I thinking? It's really great. It's been a great opportunity to get to know everybody. Of course, long-time podcast listener. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came to the meetup. Everybody here is just great. It's a family. It, does it feel different than you thought it would, or is it almost like what you, know you what? really thought it was going to be? Based on my familiar familiarity with the podcast and the people on the podcast it feels like home like like if you're part of the family and all of our podcast listeners if they're here we treat them exactly the same way this is one big family yeah what we, you hear on the show is what you get in person exactly and we come here and we do this and and we try to meet as many people and give as many vendors an opportunity and it really feels like what it should have been if i was here yesterday last year as a media with my mac it feels like going out and just treating people right getting their products online and and you know what i've noticed is their response to my Mac? Everybody that has been really nice and really wanting us to come speak to them. So there's a reputation there. Yeah, I, I for, uh, on a personal note, I I saw this person two or three times uh, within about a ten min- minute period. And I didn't recognize him, but he kept looking at me kind of weird. And uh, but I didn't think about it. You know, it, it could be anybody. But he kept looking at me kind of strange. And I finally had stopped talking to this vendor, and I walked away a little bit. And I kept watching this guy kind of inch towards me little by little. And I finally looked up and I said, can I help you with something? And he said, well, I didn't want to bother you. Uh, I know who you are. I listen to your show. I've been following my Mac for a long time. I just wanted to, to introduce myself. And i got to apologize. I don't remember his name right now, but it's, it's Macworld Expo. If you yeah. don't give me a card, I'm probably not going to remember it. But he was a real nice person. And he, he felt like he, he wanted to meet me, but he, he didn't he want to interfere. But I, I just want to tell people, if you see me here on the showroom floor, any of the MyMac staffers, Guy, Owen, Mark, Whoever you see, just come up and talk to us. We're we're absolutely no different than you. We just, we're just a bunch of Mac guys, just like you. Yeah, guys, a little bit different, but that's that's a different story entirely. So if you see us, just come up. Don't think you're interrupting us. Just come up, say hi. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, just like Mark did last year, maybe next year you'll be here representing my Mac. You never know. Never know. Because we're always looking for new writers. Because we got to fire Owen here soon. So. That's right. <laughs> Again. Again. Or, or as he's affectionately known, Rowan. Rowan. Or Owen Robin. Robin, Robin yeah, yeah. yeah. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this segment of the podcast. we got a bunch of smaller segments coming up next, and that after that, the show will be over. We'll be back next week, or I'm sorry, next tomorrow. I keep wanting to say next because Long day. it's a weekly podcast. So I'm, it's always next something, yeah. So we will be back tomorrow. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. More stuff. We do have one last announcement, and that's 1.30 tomorrow at the spec booth. We will be doing the Apple Quiz. This is your opportunity to get some really sweet spec products. This is going to be awesome. Are you going to be at the spec booth with us tomorrow, yeah, Sam, or yeah, can you I make think it? They're giving away a, a, an iPod Touch. I think they're going to give away an iPod Touch. They're going to give away a bunch of cool cases. cases and yeah, either so. the Touch is given away at that time or like. Uh, shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter, like at 4 p.m., but so either way. one thirty spec booth tomorrow on Wednesday. Come check us out. Take the Apple quiz. See how much Apple knowledge you, knowledge have. you have. Yeah. Tim, don't, don't forget to remind and the he, he, listeners. He to wants to. Hold on one second. We have a bunch of content on the site that's coming up literally every hour, so really go back and check the site out. My Mac is a, a site that you want to visit multiple times during the day during the Mac World Expo week. Pictures. We got videos going to be posted later. Podcasts every day. So 
For the MyMac crew sitting here in the press room, I'm Tim Robertson, and we'll see you tomorrow. Owen Rubin has told us about a company called iFi. How do you spell that, Owen? E-Y-E-F-I. iFi. E-Y-E-F-I. And, and, and your website's great. It's E-Y-E.F-I. Right? <laughs> so. And we're speaking to Jeff Holove. How do you pronounce that name, Jeff? Jeff Holove. You got it exactly right. H-O-L-O-V-E. Right. From E-Y-E-F-I. And you're the CEO. That's right, too. How long has your company been in existence? Founded in 05, but we launched the product officially at the end of last year, so 07. What took you so long? <laughs> what what we are doing is pretty uh, is pretty special. We've managed to squeeze Wi-Fi into something as small as an SD card. We don't believe it. <laughs> well, we're happy to show it to you uh, and talk about how we're doing it. David, can you take our picture? Take a picture of this cute little thing. Whoop! The phone's ringing. Not for long. Okay, this is live radio here. Live radio. <laughs> live radio. Okay, so explain briefly how the technology works and why somebody would want one. So here's the really short version. It's a wireless memory card for your digital camera. Fits inside your normal digital camera, stores pictures, etc., just like you'd expect, except inside ours is Wi-Fi. No antenna, no dongle. It's all inside no, the SD card. No from the outside, battery. From the outside, you couldn't even tell it's different than a normal SD card. The camera sees it as a normal SD card. doesn't require a special camera. There's no special software running on your camera. It's just the camera you already have. But because we built Wi-Fi into it, we use Wi-Fi to automatically upload the photos out of your camera and get them wirelessly to your computer and to your favorite photo sharing website without you doing anything more than turning on your camera. So where's the software component of that? Uh, it's, it's in many layers of this. So we have a special operating system that we wrote ourselves that's running inside the card. Amazing. So the card, the card is the full soup-to-nuts package. The card is most of the package. There's a, there's a processor running an operating system inside the card that triggers all of this. That's where a lot of the magic is. But we also have a kind of web infrastructure, what we call the iFi service, that's running in the cloud. We get your photos to oh. our iFi service, where then we do all the magic things we need to do to deliver it to your Facebook or your Shutterfly or whatever. And we also then send it back down to your computer and store it in the right folder. Question from David Weeks. Once the customer buys the card, Yes. Is there a subscription charge for the service, or is it you? when you own the card, you've got everything you need? It's at your option, depending on the card you buy and what there's, services you want. So you can get an all-you-can-eat card. It's called the iFi Explore card that mm -hmm. comes with lifetime web sharing, lifetime geotagging, and a year of access at 10,000 hotspots across the U.S. You, the card has the capability of geotagging as well? The card has the capability of geotagging wow. as well. Or, so it's got wi -Fi or and a GPS you can buy in the card. How much is that one? How much? I'll is... get. I'll get to the magic of how we do that. Let me. Let me answer the. How last much one. is okay. the high price spread? One twenty nine. Okay. Uh, or you can buy the iFi Home card, which just uploads to the computer, and then over time, if you say, "Well, now I actually want to share on the web," you can add that service separately, or you can add things like geotagging separately if you choose to over time. Now, Jeff, it has to be in the camera to work, right? It has to be in the camera. Oh, yeah, but there he yes. goes. No, no, my camera has to be on too. I have to be powering the card. No, Camera hat, right. The card needs power in order to do its well, transmission. I just took a picture with your card. That's a, so I'm wondering uh, if I'm close the, enough to the get the card that I had in my hand. It hasn't it? it hasn't been configured yet, so that was <laughs> that was not going to go anywhere. Oh, no. Okay, that's just for display. We'll uh, we'll it's take you we'll it's take it's you back it's to the booth and show complain. you one. <laughs> so it's happy to take pictures. So tell us the example, oh, the, the, the real time example of how this technology is working here at the Macworld Expo 2009. Well, I'll show, I'll tell you the real world example of how people can't believe this. What we're doing sometimes is people are walking down the aisle, will take their picture, and by the time they show up at the booth, their picture is already on our Mac that we're, that we're showing here in the booth, and they can't believe it. So they come and they ask us how it's working, and they still don't believe it, so they say, okay, you put the card in my camera and right. take a picture, and let me see if, if it works. And, and of course it does, because it works in any camera. 
so the idea is take all of the hassle, take all of the time out of doing this, just make it automatic to get your pictures out of your camera and get them where you want them to go. So Great where, story. Where do you oh, where do you expect the typical where do you expect the sweet spot in your market to be? At the baby, the the mid the teenager or the adult level of uh, subscription or purchase? So I think all three are interested, uh, and, and in our user base already, we see uh, we see users of all of all those profiles using the card. But I would say the the, the two where uh, we really see the most traction are what we call the family memory manager. Mm -hmm. This is the mom or the dad who takes a lot of pictures uh, at home. They've got a lot of photos to manage. They care about sharing those with their friends and family, but they also care a lot about sharing them. And then the other user that we get a lot of traction with is is the gadget guy, the photo enthusiast. This guy yeah. might be shooting with a DSLR, uh, but even if he's not, he cares about the process of photography. He knows about the process of photography. He wants the latest to make his photography kind of new and improved and better. Uh, so he's you know he's just emotionally excited about the category in general. We do really really well with those with those uh, two folks. Uh, in the case of the family memory manager, they're not necessarily as passionate about photography per se, but they care a lot about about people. capturing these memories and all of these people don't have enough time right getting the photos out of your camera is a chore all of us have a time deficit now so the idea of making that automatic you literally come home from the birthday party or the activities you turn on your camera set it down on the counter and now go take care of the kids or watch the game or whatever it is you need to do and everything just happens automatically in the background it's that time savings and that lack of hassle that people are responding to so well we well, talked about also about losing a camera one of the things that happened to me when I was traveling is my camera got stolen so for me, I didn't care about the camera so much being stolen. <laughs> yeah. I cared about the two gigabyte card of pictures that are inside. Yeah. And so that I had one of these inside, a lot of them or all of them may have been uploaded by then. Question from Dave. Now that Owen mentioned card capacity, that was my question. What kind of card capacities can you offer? So our, our three uh, kind of mainstream models, the iFi Home, Share, and Explorer, are all two gigabytes. Okay. We just recently announced the iFi Anniversary Edition. On our first birthday of being in the market, we released a special edition called the Anniversary Edition that does have four gigabytes. Um, so if capacity is an issue for well, the, you. The, car, the capacity of the card is a commodity. I mean, there's we no... We couldn't agree more. We yeah. couldn't agree more. And in it's fact... It's the technology that people are buying. So does it, it delete the pictures when it uploads? We do not automatically delete your pictures. Okay. Uh, but how will I know How will I know on my camera if a picture's been uploaded or not? Uh, the way that we're solving that problem is we launched uh, a notifications feature where we'll send you either an email or a text okay. message to your phone uh, okay. that says when you're connected to a Wi-Fi network, when you're uploading pictures, and when you're finished. So you'll have so an idea finished, whether you're... Say, okay, delete everything now and move on. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, because I, right. I see using it for travel a lot, where I don't want to carry a bunch of cars, or like I said, I, I don't want to lose pictures, so I just want to find a high five. I mean, you've got a forensic thing, you've got a business thing, you've got an educational component. I mean, this is serious. My uh, uncle's an undercover spy for the CIA, and he needs to <laughs> upload all his pictures to headquarters with a secure protocol. Can you do that? Uh, we can. WEP, uh, WPA, WPA2, whatever, we can, we can respect all of those be, protocols. Okay, yes. Right. yes, absolutely. What do you want from Owen? As a reviewer, what do you need to know from the media as an evaluation of your card to help you establish your market and to help you do, do some troubleshooting? Well, I mean, first of all, we are very, very serious about getting feedback from users who are really going to put the product through its paces. I am brutally honest. And yeah, he's horribly honest. <laughs> and we expect nothing less. Be careful um, what you wish for. No, it might I'm, come true. I write very balanced, but... but I, I will warn you going in, I have a black thumb of software, okay? <laughs> so when I touch things, they tend to break. So basically, that, that makes you a natural product reviewer. Yeah, what, what else would you do in life? So you're ready for a warts and all review. Uh, because absolutely. you are first to market, and that exposes you to all kinds of... Uh, absolutely, reaction. and what we're doing here is quite technically sophisticated. Yeah. It is relatively complicated. 
the what we believe we're doing really, really well is taking this very, very complicated system of uh, of a standalone device and cameras of all shapes and sizes, talking to a sophisticated network in the background and transferring pictures, it's and trying to make that really, really simple for the very, very mainstream user. And for, so, from a review standpoint, the thing that I'm very upfront about is. There's all kinds of sophisticated features and capabilities that we have pondered over time. Sure. Lots of stuff that's come from sophisticated users. Anytime there is tension between those sophisticated features that we've been pondering and and the user experience that's easy and simple for the mainstream user, we will err on the side of easy and simple and forego some of those sophisticated features if, if it ruins the experience that we've that we've established. One sec, Dave. We're speaking to Jeff Holov. He's the CEO of iFi. And David Weeks has one question, then I have a wrap-up question. One last quick one. Um, does your card care the... Does your card care about the format that the image is being saved in? If somebody wants to plug it in and shoot uh, camera, uh, Canon RAW format, can you handle that? I I'm so glad that you asked. We do care about the, the format of the picture, and today we transfer JPEGs, which but, for but most people is fine. But we do have transfer to be JPEGs. All over the map. So this might not be at, at top of the you know top pro level. This is a version one product. Okay. Well, and I would say our product and our the reason that we exist is to help the everyday consumer okay, with their with their library. Yeah. The everyday consumer is for sure shooting JPEGs. There's there absolutely are people that we care about that are shooting in RAW, but really where the where the average user is at is definitely JPEG, and that's who we're trying to serve. Well, last question, John. Um, it's Wi-Fi 802.11. Which flavors? Do you... 802.11G. Okay, don't go to N. Uh, almost all N networks are backwards compatible to G, so we work no, for, we'll great, work for greater range. Oh, I see. For range and speed. Um, our solution isn't tied to the technology that we're using today. I mean, okay. whatever happens next, we can adapt to over time when the price is right and the and the, the format of the of the chip is right and the price and all that stuff is. is at well, the right we're point. very excited about this too good to be true product. And Owen, I know, is just just great, ready to just rock and roll with this thing. So we wish you all the best, and please stay in touch with us as the technology and as the products evolve. I appreciate that. We're excited as well. But if you're excited now, just wait. We're gonna we're gonna extend the experience that we've just talked about to the iPhone coming soon with an application that's for the iPhone. So Amazing. stay tuned. Thank you, Jeff. My pleasure. I'm here with Stephen Moore from Logic Keyboard. Uh, how are you doing today, Steve? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, what can you tell me about the products that you've brought to the Expo this year? Well, we have a lot of great, exciting new offers this year. We have uh, our uh, Apple aluminum thin keyboard, right. the ultra thin one, and we have that available in Virtually every uh, program that Apple uses would be interested in, from Final Cut Pro to Digital Performer 6, uh, audio, graphics for Photoshop, all sorts of different programs. And uh, make it easy to remember your shortcuts, make it easy to uh, increase your productivity. We've seen as much as 50% productivity increases, so it's a great tool for people to have. We also have um, our whole new line of skins, which is made from a very high, the highest quality uh, Japanese silicone available. Uh, allows it to be very thin, yet extremely durable. Uh, can be put in a dishwasher, can be autoclave, can be uh, utilized the, to protect the keyboards extremely well while reminding you of what your uh, shortcuts are and all of the various programs that we offer. So this, this, these, these types of skins would be really for 
the kinds of people that are doing production type work and, and they don't have a lot of time to waste trying to remember all these keyboards. All the keyboards are just laid out right there on the skin for them. Exactly, exactly. All and, of the shortcuts are right there. And you actually have keyboards that, that you've gotten from the same manufacturer as Apple. That's correct. And you have recreated these keyboards with the shortcuts built right into them. So it's Absolutely. not even a skin, it's the actual keyboard. It's the actual keyboard. We do all our own tooling, our own manufacturer. We guarantee the keyboards. And uh, you'll never wear out the keys on these keyboards. They, they will, the keyboard itself will wear out long before the keys do. <laughs> and you told me that these are actually manufactured in the United States. They are assembled in the United States. The keyboards come from Apple's manufacturer in China. Right. And we bring them here, and we, uh, we assemble our keys onto them here in the United States. Okay, well, I want to thank American you. American business. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for your time, Steve. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. This is Guy Searle with the MyMac.com podcast. Delusional. We're back in the podcast booth, the sealed chamber in the media center of the Macworld Expo, and there's a handsome young man who goes by the name of O.W.C. Larry sitting right next to me. I thought he was talking to me. I swear <laughs> to God. Oh, well, John. <laughs> Larry, we're delighted to have you as our sponsor of our podcast. It's a real gift for us, and we do everything we can to massage your product line week after week. And uh, Tim was just talking to Grant at Newer Tech, your colleague, about without even trying very hard, he pushes the, the product. So what is the relationship between newer tech and other world computing? Hmm. <laughs> That's an interesting question to start right off. Uh, newer tech is a, a brand that uh, we brought out as uh, we consider it a prosumer brand. It's more of a, say, well, on the OWC side, we have, you know, professional and higher end. You know, we kind of approach more of an enterprise uh, sort of product offering. The uh, newer tech uh, side is looking to keep it simple. They're plug and play, play uh, products. And we got the Guardian Maximus, which is uh, a simple RAID 1 uh, backup solution for you know, anybody with a FireWire USB port. You plug it in, and now you have full data redundancy without having to set anything up. Uh, you know, the Voyager is a, a, a docking solution. Yeah, that lets we were very impressed with uh, the that's Voyager. Neat. That's neat. I really like that. I can see really, it's not even a hard sell. You just show someone what it does. Explain. For seeing it the first time. So, so you have a lot of hard drives. And I've talked about the USB universal drive adapter quite a bit on the podcast because I just think it's a fantastic it little product. Unfortunately, it's just a bunch of wires, and you plug this wire into that wire. It's not really consumer-friendly. It's more for someone like me or you, John, the tech crowd. Yeah. But for my aunt, who's got a couple of extra hard drives from old computers that she's got or, or other computers, whatever, she's got an old AE SATA drive. How does she get that data off with this little... Toaster is basically what it, it looks like a little toaster, and it plugs in with FireWire, with USB, or with eSATA. You just pop it on there, and it mounts on your desktop. And it's hot swappable, so when you're done, you just drag that disk to your trash, pop that drive out, pop another one in if you need to. It's mm -hmm. great. It's it's easy. It's a hundred bucks, ninety nine bucks. I mean, that's nothing. Just it's like it's great. Now, yeah. in in your music, in the music portion of the products that you have at OWC. That's not a separate company, right? That's within the OWC. Correct. Yeah, we have an audio, and actually a thriving audio video section. We have our, I guess, our new edition, Rick Van Dyne. Yeah. Is here. I was going to say, I, I've been talking I to Rick. I haven't met Rick yet. He's a great mm -hmm. guy. I've been talking to him on the phone quite a bit, and his plans for your pro audio is just really impressive, and I can't personally, from forget that you're a sponsor sure. and all that, for, from just a, a, an audiophile standpoint and a podcaster, there's going to be a store for me that I trust, number one, but it's going to have all the stuff that I want. That's great. The, the products that he's bringing in is just fantastic. What's his background, Larry? 
Well, his background is pro audio. We brought him, we recruited him from a similar position that he was, you know, how to say it, no longer been able to grow within, and we gave him an opportunity, quite frankly, to, you know, turn his own, write his own uh, you know, mm-hmm. book at OWC. I mean, we've always had reach in the audio. You know, certainly we have a, a pretty good press on the video side, but we never had, you know, it's very important, you know, for us, to, you know, we're not just selling product. You know, we yes. need to be user product. We need to be able to educate our customers on product, and that's something that, you know, bringing Rick on board is, you know, enabling us to do in, in this new category. We've been offering audio product for a long time. Yes, and you had and, Roger. And we had Roger, and Roger is, you know, yeah. is extremely, I mean, is awesome with audio. I mean, he's a musician and a composer. Yeah, but a different. But in a different area, I mean, this is, you know, bringing Rick on board, I mean, we have somebody now who can communicate and educate and you know, not just our own our own internal group but also our mm-hmm. customers you know that once again i mean it's all our stuff's about you know letting people know what they can do with their mac and directing them to products that you know, get the job done best and i wanted to take a quick step back to the voyager versus and the, the uh, usb2 adapter the usb2 adapter you know was never meant as a permanent store solution no. that's more you know you got extra drives yes there's a bunch of cables it's a nice <laughs> bunch of cables i mean it's, it's been extremely handy for me yeah. I, I and i pushed it in the past because that's really the only solution out there short of buying an external firewire or a a USB hard drive case. It's the universal, you know, hooks up everything solution. The Voyager, of course, is you know, aside from having the function, yeah, you know, you can swap drives. It's great for an after upgrade. You upgrade your internal, uh, your, your existing drive on a MacBook, mm-hmm. or MacBook Pro, or iMac, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's a great way to get the data off from the from the old drive to the new drive inside. And now you can use your old drive in the Voyager drive dock, put it outside, archive it, drop a new drive in the Voyager. The Voyager really is, you know, it's that data transfer <laughs> tool slash backup tool yeah. slash archive tool slash. It's a monkey wrench. And, and it's it's a small footprint on the desktop too. And it's cute. Totally. And it's yeah. cute and it's not expensive. We have a new member of our staff, Mark Rudd. Mark has a question for Larry from OWC. Hey, Larry. Nice to see you. Um, if you could look into the OWC crystal ball, could you tell us a little bit about what might be coming up? We've seen some wonderful products today. Anything that maybe is coming up in the near future that you could talk about? For Spill our, the beans. For our <laughs> listeners and readers. I can, you know, storage is a big part of our lineup. It continues to be a big part of our lineup. And I'm excited about storage. And you know, some of the products, you know, first off, I, I want to point out, you know, all of our Elite Pro, uh, both dual and single base solutions, you know, I don't, you may yeah. or may not have those. Three-year warranty. We went to a three-year warranty on all of our Elite solutions. That's unheard of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, Prices came down. Prices are lower. We actually now have a our enclosure. If you want, you know, move in that green uh, direction. We actually yeah. have a uh, like enclosure slightly more compact. I mean, we took our you know they, it's still the uh, the existing base design, but look at it. It's a little bit shorter <laughs> than the, uh, the old solutions. It actually, gives a little bit better foundation. We have a horizontal stand now. I mean, we, uh, yeah. think the, for a long time people have been clamoring about <laughs> give us you know we like it vertical, but you know we prefer to stack them. You know, lay them flat. Exactly. Get, you know the little details, and we listen to our customers. Um, something that's. Right around the corner, without going into too much detail, with both the Guardian Maximus. Well, actually, is the Guardian Maximus <laughs> that the, the well? Here, let me let me put it to you this way: the uh, we released the uh, the quad uh, interface Elite AL Pro solution. That's huge. So that's that was a long time coming. The Guardian Maximus currently is available with the triple, and well. If we have a quad on the Elite Pro, there may just be something along those lines. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be Z-Man. any surprises in this room or very good. Say no more. Say no more. Okay, David, we, da- question from David Weeks. Any subject? I was going to go from, you know, we've been talking very specific about capabilities with a particular piece of hardware. I'm going to move to the general. Everybody's concerned about uh, the economy, what's going on going forward, recession. Where do you see um, 
uh, OWC going? What kind of predictions do you have for the health of the Mac market and your particular niche in the uh, upcoming year to year and a half? Yeah, you've got 250 employees, that beautiful new building. Yeah, you've got to be thinking about this stuff. Well, thankfully, we have, well, I shouldn't say thankfully. Hopefully, we have 250 employees today. We're over 100 and we're still growing. Oh, oh okay. We continue, we're adding you know, literally new, new people every month. We're still growing. You know, something, you know, difficult times, you know, how to say, the best of times people are buying new computers and upgrading. In fact, you know, even in the best times, to me, you should be, you, know, you ought to take a look at what you have. And, you know, upgrading is often always a better deal than buying something yeah. new. And for years, the processor upgrade was your bread and butter market. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of dead now, though, isn't it? I mean, not too many well, people, I don't want to say dead, but a lot than less than people than are upgrading older G4, G5 machines, yeah. and they're just going Intel at this point. I'll tell you what, we still enjoy the, the processor upgrade. <laughs> yeah? They're fun. Okay. I mean, those are, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're part of, you know, good so days. Still you're not good complaining. Days. Not complaining, but, you know, certainly we saw a lot less processor upgrades than, you know, we used to sell. It's yeah. still a good deal for, I mean, if you have a large you know, investment in software, it's still a pretty good deal mm -hmm. to do a processor upgrade because if everything you have works, if everything you have is doing what it needs to do for you, you know, it's very inexpensive to drop in a processor upgrade and get a, you know, get a lot yeah. more. Performance. Okay, so going back to David's question about the global question about the economy as far as your large, small business is concerned. We're seeing a lot more people buying upgrades for existing systems versus new systems, which, quite frankly, and again, I go back, even in the best of times, you know, that's just a smart way to go. Uh, we've been uh, you know, working on a lot of, uh, how to say, yeah. Uh, Different performance benchmarks and, you know, and and test scenarios just to show people, you know, it's a big cost difference to go from you know a, a 2.4 <laughs> to a 2.6 to 2.8 gigahertz system on the Mac Pro Quad. I'm sorry, yeah. the Mac Pro Xeon rather with the eight cores. You know, you're talking you know over a thousand bucks to go between the uh, the three and the three two. I mean, it's a big difference in cost to get a little bit faster. Relatively yeah. speaking, just a little bit more processor speed. And what just kills me are how many people out there don't realize. That okay, they got the fast cores and all, <laughs> but unless they put enough memory, unless they upgrade their yeah. hard drives, they're not letting those cores hardly do nothing. Would you say conversely that you may be better, maybe a dollar better spent by not getting the additional point two and putting it into yeah. one more RAM and then to a faster drive? Well, first of all, a lot of applications today, you know, Photoshop is a good example, you know, don't even fully utilize all the cores. I mean, at best, you're using two to three cores you know, under a heavy load in Photoshop. But if you get Photoshop, well, if you put 32 gigs of memory in that Mac Pro, <laughs> if you put in a four-drive stripe, in fact, it, just the memory alone is it's a huge big step. And, that's yeah, exactly. and it's easy to do. But for less than $1,500, you can give that machine a kick that makes it run two to three times faster mm -hmm. in terms of the processing of large Photoshop files, Aperture, Final Cut Pro, I mean, you name it. You know, these large processing jobs, you know, the processor's not the bottleneck. The bottleneck is how much memory you have and your disk drives. So by putting in additional drives, you can do a RAID stripe. By putting additional memory so the system is not always, you know, paging it out, it's not always, it processes and waits, you know, you keep those cores running closer to full steam and things get done a lot faster. But people all the time, even, you know, even you're on a Mac Pro or you got a MacBook Pro or a MacBook even or an iMac, now, more often than not, somebody have a machine that's only got the original stock, one gig or two gigs of memory in it, and before they go and upgrade, you know, the memory, they'll go, you know, they'll go buy a new computer for another 1500 bucks. You can spend 50 bucks <laughs> to put four gigs in it. I'm sorry, yeah. now it's, not, it's $40. Yeah, for yeah. nothing. It's nothing. Okay, Tim, you're on. The big product that Apple released today as far as hardware, the only thing was the new 17-inch MacBook Pro, non-replaceable battery. Um, 
how do you get into this machine? Has anyone from OWC looked at it yet? Because you guys sell a lot of hard drive upgrades for laptops. Almost everyone on my staff and a has lot got of batteries. A, well, <laughs> yeah, but just the hard drives. A lot of people want to keep the same laptop, but after a while, 320 gigs just yeah. isn't enough. They want to put a 750 gig drive in there. OWC sells them. How has anyone looked at the new machine? Is it going to be possible to? Oh, I'm sure there's with a will. There's a way, and it shouldn't take that much. Yeah. Well, it's actually we've taken apart the current unibodies. They're not that difficult to get into, and it's just unfortunate that it looks like it's not going to be a user upgradable process. Now, having said that, but you, know, you do that with something else that people send you. There's something that people send you. Oh. Yeah, people send you iPods. That's right. They send us iPods. We are, we already have, we've been doing iPod service for years. Yeah. We're expanding, and we have a new OWC service center that's you know. Was, well, we didn't expect to you know, be doing service on this brand new machine. I mean, one of the things that we strive for is you know, making it possible for users to do their own upgrades. I mean, something, I mean, this goes I mean, 20 years ago, when I first started doing this. People come to me, I mean, they buy something, and oh, gee, can, you know, you know, I pay you to install it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you can, but I mean, I feel bad. I, I, can't, I can't charge you to do I mean, it's. <laughs> Seriously, on the labor, I mean, I have a real hard time with it because some of these things, I mean, I, I just, you know, people go to. Yeah, but that's okay. They go to the big box stores this, and they, they get charged, they get I know. taken for $100, $120 for somebody to install a couple pieces of memory. That just, that kills yeah, us. That seems a little, yeah, I'm with you. Regardless, we do a, re, you know, a service repair program. We're you know, setting up in terms of it sends people out of there, get a box, it has a return label, it's all turnkey, has the right box for their system. Very economical when you take a look at the freight and comparable to uh, what actually less than even with the freight than they typically pay locally for the installation. So if there isn't a practical way to open this machine up for an end user to take care of it, you know, this is something you know, we will certainly have a service for. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of the new laptops, not, not really the 17, but the 15 and the 13, when you look at Apple's pricing, pricing structure, it doesn't make a lot of sense to get the high-end machine, get the low-end machine, and then get the hard drive from OWC, the RAM update from OWC, and you're still spending less, and you've got even a better machine than Apple's top-of-the-line that they offer. Uh, do you see a lot of people doing that? Functionally, yeah. absolutely. You get a bigger hard drive with OWC than Apple offers. Yeah. You can get the same amount of RAM, but cheaper, because Apple just spends way, or charges way too much for RAM. I always tell people, never buy your RAM from Apple. It's well, Larry's making money somehow, but your prices are very aggressive. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know... <laughs> When people say, I mean, we have another advertiser that advertises memory. So, I mean, you know, there's competition on our site. But Tim in the podcast is being vocal and instrumental as far as making sure that OWC has that. Well, it, it's not just price, John. I don't look at just price when, when we, yeah. we're pushing a company. Because you've got four different types them. of RAM at the moment. If somebody goes to your site, they've got four different yeah. brands of RAM. I think there's. I want. Yeah, that's right. We, in addition to our own brand, we also get. You know, there's customers out there that yeah. they want that Samsung version. They want Micron version. Yes. So, you know, we offer. We cater to that. And when it, somebody asks us what the difference is, <laughs> but beyond that, John, you have to know that when you buy RAM or you buy a hard drive or whatever it happens to be, that if it doesn't work, yeah, is the company behind it that sold it to you going to stand up? And, and can you contact? Yeah, them? And, yeah. and and OWC's got the great reputation for doing that, yeah. which is why I'm happy to, to have them as a sponsor. I'd like to wrap with one personal question. Uh, you send out your occasional blasts, your, what do you call them, tips and... Tips and deals. Tips and deals. Yeah. And they're not on any particular schedule as far as I can see. They sort of appear and then a <laughs> long time goes. Would you consider having them be on a regular schedule like one of your competitors does coming out every week or every other week or every month or whatever? Well, two things on that. They're supposed to be on a regular schedule, <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, I, 
we're working on. I need to. Uh, there needs to be either more hours in a day, or I need to get this. We're continuing to because they're very good. I'm not being critical. I, sure, I, I like. I appreciate. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, I'm my own worst critic on them, and there's always a couple types. Larry, right can't now. you stop the sun from setting? <laughs> we're working on that problem because yeah. <laughs> he does answer his personal email. I mean, it's amazing. But you, you know, he's. He's he's on the personal email as as much as you can, but that's that would be. So it's actually done by an automated robot. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would be from from Clones. from Clones. A, from a consumer and a, from a consumer and a media point of view. That'd be one thing that you might want. Twenty three in there a couple of years. <laughs> you, you might you might want to think about that. You know? you know, they used to be on a more regular schedule. We have the the blast, which just deals to go on a regular schedule. Yeah. But the newsletter, I, I really enjoy writing the newsletter, and it's good. And it's something that you know, frankly, is it just email only? It's email. It's also published online. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there's a lot that's going to be done this year. I mean, our IT okay. department continues well, you, to develop. I don't, I don't happen platform. to get this, John. So okay. either I'll sign up for it or you you need to start sending those to me, and we'll, we can actually post those up on the blog site that's when true. they come out. What we can do is have Eileen generate those in a way that they can... You know, go be formatted, ready for. We don't need to talk That's about okay. this on the well, podcast. There's a website. No. I mean, in addition to yeah. sending out, there's a yeah, nice we'll, we'll take HTML care of it. Anyway, so. so you're doing the best you can. We're good. It's a th- look. I tell you, I, they're not. Try not to rush them. Yeah. You know, it's one of they're those worth things. waiting for. How about that? I, I've got one question left. Okay, wrap it up. Um, Macworld Expo is always big for OWC. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about Apple pulling out? Where do you see the Macworld Expo going in the future? I've talked to the people at IDG. I said. You know, I know next year it's going to be the same time next year as it is this year. But if it does survive after next year, Move I it. would personally like to see it happen in April or May in somewhere Certainly. like McCormick Place in Chicago. I think that would be or Woodstock, Illinois. Something. Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> but somewhere other than San Francisco, more centralized in the country. Um, but do you see the expo going past next year, or are you worried about that? Or you know, as a vendor, are, are are you thinking? I don't know if I really want to spend my money because how many people are going to come if Apple isn't there? There's a perception. I'd certainly like to see the expo survive, and if they do it right, it certainly should survive. You know, this venue is, you know, how do I say, may not be the, the best choice now that Apple is no longer participating. I mean, I, you know, there's a huge draw from this area. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to weigh everything. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, selfishly speaking, I love to have it at McCormick's. I mean, yeah. that'd be a, that's in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that'd be that'd be sweet. Yeah. And it's centralized. They got a great airport O'Hare, which you know would make it really easy for people to get to. From have it in October or April. Yeah. Well, I would say April only so that they can hit the the, yeah. the companies are going to come out with stuff that they want to get the right. back to school and holiday. So you can't have it too late in the year. January, this is the worst part because everybody spent all their money for Christmas. For Christmas, and you've already missed the school shopping, and it's too early for next year's school shopping. You have it in April or May, and you hit both the holiday season coming up and the the going back to school stuff. I think we better close up this podcast with a wonderful thank you for OWC Larry, and uh, thank you for supporting MyMac. We certainly support you, and we'll just keep that conversation going. Well, we appreciate it. I'll tell you, we'll make sure that we continue to put those great products out there to be deserving of this. So. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Larry. I'm here with Bill Keat from Marshall Electronics, and he's got some really, really cool microphones for people that are doing podcasting, USB, all kinds of interfaces. What, what can you tell me about what's new here? What is new is our USB connected microphones, our full line, starting with our Studio One for uh, less than $100. I noticed that's, that actually has a uh, headphone input, so you can hear a, your levels. It has a headphone monitoring jack. Very nice. Uh, you can use this for uh, uh, podcast recording, internet recording, or internet radio, or you can use it for uh, internet telephony. Great. Well, what else you got? Well, we also have our 
personal internet computer speakerphone. This unit is our model AC-405, plugs into the USB port of your computer, totally plug and play, no drivers required. Gives you speakerphone capability from your laptop. You don't know more bending over the laptop and talking to the speaker, you can sit back at a comfortable distance. You've got an onboard speaker with uh, onboard volume controls and an onboard mute button for your microphone. Okay, well, for people that were interested in podcasting, what kind of other products do you have here today that they would be interested in? We have a, a number of different microphones, all giving you a different quality of, or different audio quality. Of right. We've got a stereo, or USB 007, is a stereo microphone, giving you full stereo input for, for your recordings. If you're, if you're looking for stereo uh, separation for your podcast, if you're doing mono, we've got our USB 009, which is a top-of-the-line microphone. It's got a nice blue light, too. This The blue light reminds you what direction to speak into. <laughs> Gives you a super cardioid, cardioid pickup. You get very little pickup from behind it, so you can have your monitor speakers back there. Pick up a little bit from the, from the side, but... It, most of your pickup will be from the front. It's beautiful broadcasting for uh, for live internet radio. You've got onboard mixing control if you're doing uh, voiceovers. Yeah, I was checking that out earlier. That was really, really nice. And a gain control as well. And a gain control for your microphone plus audio level for your monitoring. Okay, well, I, I appreciate your time, Bill. Uh, this is Guy from the MyMac.com podcast. We're talking to Fabio, yeah. and you're from Italy? Yeah. And what's the name of your publication? Settebit, S-E-T-T-E-B.it. And what does that mean? It means in Italian, 7-bit. Okay, we understand. 7-B, very good. And tell us again your frustration being a European about the whole Macworld Expo and the whole Apple experience. How many times do you have? Well, how about 30 seconds? <laughs> We are uh, in the second row everywhere, <laughs> with Apple in the second row. So it's frustrating. Yeah, sometimes. And are there times that you feel that you're getting good coverage in Europe, or is it always frustrating? Oh, sometimes uh, when Apple shows new products here in U.S., in San Francisco, in Yerba Buena, we got only uh, a satellite uh, transmission in London, so from uh, all Europe we have to go to oh. London, and not for everybody. If you are two, no, go, uh, came in just one, uh, that's all. Yeah, so it's very selective. Yeah, yeah. And tell us the focus of Sete B. Oh, it, it's prima, primary Apple and uh, all the ecosystem uh, for, the pro, for the products. Is it a website or is it a print publication? Just website. So if our Italian reading listeners want to learn more about what's going on in Italy yes. for the Apple community, they go to setteb.it. Right. So you just say what I just said. Say it in Italian, because there's got to be somebody who knows Italian who's listening. Venite a visitarci su 7bit. setteb.it. Grazie. Grazie. Okay. I'm here with Ned Coker from CCP Productions. Productions, is that right? CCP Games. CCP Games. And uh, they make a, a, a little game that, that some of the people that like to go online may have heard of called Eve. Uh, what can you tell me about Eve? Uh, Eve has been out now for five years. Uh, we've been continuously growing uh, as an online MMO, massively multiplayer online game, uh, for those five years. 
Uh, it's basically a space trading combat, uh, not quite simulation, uh, but about as close as you can get with an online game. Pretty much anything that you can imagine doing uh, as a pilot of a spaceship, uh, you can do in EVE. It's a very open-ended game, so if you want to be a pirate, you can do that. If you want to run missions for an agent, get involved in trading, espionage, uh, huge 1,000-person fleet battles, uh, small-time skirmishes, or, or just be the simple miner out amongst the asteroids, uh, that's, that's kind of open-ended. So, so uh, I imagine this probably started on Windows. Yes. And how long has it been available for the Mac? Uh, it's been over a year now uh, for Mac. Uh, we have two different versions of our graphics uh, client. So uh, we've been available as our classic graphics uh, for Mac for about a year, and we're just about to go into public beta for the premium graphics client for Mac. Uh, and that's why we're here specifically at Macworld, although we had a great time last year, so I couldn't imagine not coming back again. So, for for the people that haven't played this before, mm -hmm. um, what what's what are the type of people that that might actually enjoy this game and spend a lot of time doing it? Uh, well, I can say that our average user is a little bit older and a little bit more mature than most other online gamers. Uh, part of that is due to the complexity of Eve itself. Right. Uh, it's so a, it, it's not the type of game that you're going to play for five minutes and then come back to later. It, it's you, a little more involved than that. You can play it that way, but you kind of have to know how, what you're doing if you want to play it that way. So uh, you can log in for a little while, play for a little bit, right. and then come back on. But really, to kind of get into the game, uh, it takes a little bit more time and thought, I think, than, than most other games. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, I mean, we have a, our entire economy of over 250,000 players is, is player run itself. Right. Uh, and just the, because of the wide variety of things you can do, uh, it just takes a little bit more time to get into it, uh, in a way. Yeah, for, for people that have been on the Mac for a long time, there was there was a space trading game by Ambrosia Software called EV Nova. Imagine this as EV Nova on acid. I mean, the, the graphics of this game is incredible. You're moving around in 3D space, which is something that you could never do before with EV Nova. They, they never developed, developed it past that far. And, I mean, the complexity and the, the modeling of the spaceships, and, and, and like, how many different types of spaceships exactly are there? I really I have no Is idea. It's pretty much open-ended, so it's, you can take a basic ship and you can add different modules to it. Yeah, so, yeah, well, if you're talking about setups, uh, yeah, it's, it's an astronomical, you know, exponential number that I can't even possibly, like, we've tried to figure it out, you know, based off of what we have, but... Um, you know, that's part of the fun of the game is being able to fit your ship however you see fit, whatever you can afford. Um, there's some there's some fittings out there that people think are the best, but again, it totally depends on whether you're a group or a solo play, who you're fighting against, that sort of thing. Um, one of the things coming out of the next expansion in March uh, is actually fully modular ships, where you take different components and actually construct your ship, which will look different. Right oh, now, cool. right now there are different variants of the same sort of hull. Uh, you know, I would guess maybe there's 200 different ships per race, and there's four main races, so that's a pretty sizable amount of different types of ships. But uh, coming out of the next expansion, we'll have fully modular ships, uh, which will allow you to, you know, make any sort of like run the gamut of what types of ships and what purposes they're used for, and it'll actually change the the whole itself of the ship. Okay, now now, now this is a uh, an, a uh, multi. Can't even say it. Help me out here. Massively multiplayer online game. Yes, yep. yes. So th this is not a standalone game. No, it's not. Uh, 
people do play it. Uh, a lot of people do play it that way. I, I like solo play, uh, and you can pretty much exist uh, as a solo player, uh, so that's not a problem. But a lot of people really enjoy the camaraderie and, and relationships they build in the game. Uh, a lot of that comes out of the fact that when you, it's kind of weird to say, but when your ship blows up, uh, you don't get it back. So the death penalty for the game is very, very high. Uh, you can lose, you can lose months or years worth of stuff that you've been working for, or your corporation has been working for, in the matter of minutes. Uh, so that's very exciting. But that also requires you to uh, dole out your trust uh, very players. carefully. Uh, but the trust that you do gain from those players is extremely meaningful. Uh, and that's what I, what I was talking about before, is the relationships made out of the game uh, are, are extremely meaningful to a lot of a lot of people. And that's probably one of the reasons why we've been growing continuously for five so years. So what, what is the uh, the cost of the game itself? Uh, it's free for 14 days to try out. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, it's $20 for the first month, and then $15 uh, basically each month. $15. $15. $15. $15. $15. No. $15, not a big deal for this much entertainment. Right. Exactly. And uh, we found actually during these economic times that a lot of people are realizing that $15 per month to play unlimited right. gameplay uh, is, is a you'll, great you'll thing. You'll spend a hell of a lot more if you go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it, essentially it's $5 to, to own the game, and your first month is free for that $20. So... Um, we'll be coming out with a box product as well. Uh, it's the second time you've been in stores, but first time in a long time. So in March, uh, with our new expansion, you'll have that available as well. Okay, other than the box set, where can they find this game online? Uh, just go to eveonline.com. That's E-V-E-Online.com, and you can download the client for free, uh, free trial. Okay, Ned, well, I appreciate your time. Sure. And for everyone who's listening, you've got to check this game out. It just looks friggin' amazing. Thank you. Okay, we're on now. Very good. We're beginning again, and that's Ed Marzak from Mac Tech Magazine, M-A-C-T-E-C-H. And what does the tech in Mac Tech refer to, Ed? Uh, it's, it focuses on uh, the fact that we are targeting technical uh, people dealing with the Macintosh, and that focuses mainly on consultants, uh, IT managers, professionals, uh, professionals, people perhaps who uh, have recently switched, so they're very proficient on Windows, and now maybe their manager comes to them and says, oh hey, we just got this new graphics department, you have to deal with all these Macs. <laughs> so they want to know how to integrate it into their Active Directory environment, things along those. And is it a physical magazine that people can actually buy? And Absolutely. Take? And how much does it cost? Uh, we have a number of deals, so if you go to the MacTech website, www.mactech.com, yeah, there's usually some special that's running. Um, we had a good uh, offer in partnership with Microsoft last year. Basically cost you 10 bucks for half a year, so it was a great way for people to get introduced to the magazine. So we should always check there for recent deals. So sitting, standing here at the entrance to the keynote before it begins, are there certain things that you're looking for that perhaps the consumer publications are not? Uh, well, you know, uh, we're also present at WWDC every year, so that's a big target for us. Um, I have to admit, I'm a horrible prognosticator, so I really enjoy coming here, just kind of going for the ride, hearing what's going to be announced. Um, I think I'm looking for this year, in particular, something that everyone is looking for, and, and we want to see this keynote be a success, right? We want 
this to instill confidence in people that Macworld is not dead and they're going to come back next year. And I think people will come back next year, but I think next year is going to be a real transition, make or break year because yeah. if people come back and the show's great, they're going to come back in 2011. Right. If next year is miserable for some reason, uh, I think that the attendance is just going to yeah just kind of fall off the cliff. Now, do you do live? streaming coverage or non-print coverage during the no. expo? No, so right after this I'm going to end up kind of going back and typing up all my notes and that'll make the February issue of the magazine. So as far as the publication itself, it uses the print format. And is Absolutely. there a website also? that com, and we have uh, uh, articles online from past issues. Uh, we don't put our current material up I see. online. Very good. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. We hope to see you again, and we are going to follow the success of Mac Tech in future years. Thank you very much. I'm here with Thorsten Lemke uh, from Lemke Software, uh, located over in Europe. That's right. Yes. And anyone who does not, who does anything with graphics at all needs to have this program. It's called Graphic Converter. If you don't know what it is, you're not a real Mac person. Is it, what what is new in? Uh, Graphic converter this year. Um, okay, uh, I have no new version uh, today for the Mac World. The uh, latest release is uh, version 6.3. Mm -hmm. It uh, supports geotagging. Uh, and, uh, much more uh, geotagging is one of the new features in the software. Also, it supports now the EXIF tool to get more information from your files. And it, su it supports like an, an amazing number of file formats. Yes, it imports currently about 200 file formats. And you can also export to... Yes, about 80. I mean, it, basically any type of graphic file that exists in the world today, and probably some in worlds that don't even exist yet, can be brought into Graphic Converter and changed into something else. It really, really is amazing software. Now, if, if somebody wanted to go and download Graphic Converter, and which is a very reasonable price, where would they go to get the software? I go to www.lemkeysoft.com. And what is the current price? Uh, so, um, $34.95. $34.95 for a program that's going to give you an amazing amount of functionality Take my word for it. Take the time. Go and get this software. We're waiting for the keynote to start before the 2009 Macworld Expo, and we've run into Dennis Sellers, our old friend from Maximum News. What are you expecting to see here today, Dennis? Well, of course, I'm like everybody else. I will just be speculating, but I'll give you my best guesses. I think we'll see a, a new Mac Mini and an updated iMac, probably... Uh, uh, iLife 09 and iWork 09. I'm not expecting an iPhone Nano. I'm not expecting a netbook or a Mac tablet or, or any professional products. Uh, I think the Mac Pro products will be updated, but I think it'll probably be a, a, within the next couple of months, but it, it won't be today. And what does Maximum News expect to cover here at the Expo? Anything different than you've done in the past? No, just like always, I am here. Uh, my associate editor, Frank uh, Petrie, is here. Uh, and then I have uh, Dave Merton, uh, who is not here, but he is helping cover the 8 billion press releases that, that, that come out. So we're just, uh, we're trying to, literally trying to cover everything that we, we, we possibly can. So the keynote, product announcements, and we'll have some opinion pieces. Uh, just the, same, the, the stuff that 
we've been doing for six years now at Maximum News. That's great. And what about outside the hall today? Did you notice anything interesting on your way in of the people waiting to queue up? Well, I noticed some uh, what we in the South call old-time church fans with uh, Bring Back Steve on them being distributed and sitting on some paper machines. And there was someone, and I'm not sure who was with, with a life-sized photo of, uh, or a life-sized uh, uh, cutout of Steve Jobs, uh, who was getting a lot of attention, people filming him and uh, taking his picture and everything. So uh, there's obviously a lot of people disappointed that Steve is not here, but uh, judging from the media room that we're in right now, there's no lack of media attention for Phil Schiller's keynote, because it is packed. There's over a thousand people here right in this room waiting to enter the keynote hall. Well, it's great talking to you, Dennis. We'll get caught up with you during the week. Are you going to have any video that we can see? Yes. Uh, yes, we have something called, uh, I, I, and Dave Merton does it. He actually calls it, I think, iPhone video, because it's also formatted to play back on an iPhone or an iPod Touch. But, uh, yeah, it will be uh, be up later today of, uh, of me approaching the keynote hall and uh, got some video of the uh, Steve Jobs cutout and the Save Steve Jobs campaign, or Bring Back Steve Jobs campaign. And what's the website that our listeners can go to? Okay, it's a tricky spelling, but it's www.macsimum.com. Maximum. Play our word, M-A-C instead of M-A-X. Very good. Thanks, Dennis Sellers from MaximumNews.com. Hey, John, hey, John, before you stop, you were asking Dennis about did you see anything coming in. You know what I saw? I saw this line of five women, and I was kind of curious on what they were doing, so I went and asked them. I said, what are you guys doing? They said, do you know Dennis Sellers? I said, well, yeah, actually, I do. (laughs) Could, Could you get us in so we can meet him? And I said, you know... You really need to leave Dennis alone during the expo. All these groupies, Dennis. You know, I'm trying. I'm, I'm doing my best. I brought my stick. I'm beating them back for you. That's why I come in disguise many times so people won't recognize. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to help out. Thank you, Dennis, and sort of thank you, Tim Riley. That's eighty. Yeah. Wandering around the Macworld Expo showroom floor and. My weary feet already on Tuesday, Guy Searle. My feet are already killing me. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. I, I went over to the uh, the North Hall and wandered around there for a bit and uh, made my way back to you. I, I did the same thing. I, was, I just came back from the North Hall. We must have, like, shipped. But earlier, earlier I stopped by here, which is right behind the Apple booth, and it's the AOL booth. And I asked the guys working here, where's Lee? Where's Lee. Our, our, our occasional oh, co-host Lee. on the podcast, Lee Givens, wasn't here. I told the guys here to tell him that some guy... Big huge guy came by looking for money. <laughs> I don't, they probably didn't give you the money. That, that message did they leave? No, no, no. They no. told me. Uh, well, I was, I was actually right over there at the Apple booth. Um, Apple, uh, our uh, VP of PR actually was uh, uh, Apple's PR uh, uh, person also. So he has a lot of contacts. So he lined me up for uh, a whole bunch of different like local television interviews and things like that. So we're showing off some apps. Uh, but the problem is uh, waiting for the local crews to get in, so I did a lot of waiting. Yeah, stand around, hurry up, get over there, and then wait, right? Hey, hurry! Uh, wait, uh, they're, they're interviewing Waz right now. <laughs> yeah, Waz, you got to wait for Waz. That's that's kind of the rule here. So I came after Waz today, which I feel pretty good about. But, um, yeah, we were talking about all our new apps. Um, we we're launching uh, AIM 2.0. 2.0 today. Uh, we're still waiting for it to get in the App Store, but AIM 2.0 allows people to have back when the application is not running. It'll collect your IMs up to 24 hours, and if you have an uh, iPhone, it'll send an SMS message to tell you that you have uh, IMs waiting. So if you've got the unlimited plan on SMS, this is the application to get. Yeah. If you're chatting with other people on AIM. And we just, we, we're, we're, you know, until uh, Apple comes out with background uh, uh, push notification, uh, we have a very good solution through our AIM network that we've always had capability of, but we just never turned it on. So uh, through our AIM infrastructure, we were able to get that done. Uh, we also launched uh, Shoutcast. 
So Shoutcast 1.0 is out. Uh, Wasn't that a different company before, Shoutcast? Uh, it was part of uh, uh, acquisition of Nullsoft. Uh, they, they owned Winamp. Nullsoft, that's what I was thinking. Shoutcast. Yeah. And uh, so it's all in the family now. We paid a lot of money for them. So uh, we decided to write an... Uh, it's based on the AOL radio platform. So we have access to all the different types of streams. You can listen to all How many more does this add to the AOL family? Do you know offhand? Oh, we have 350 stations on, uh, 350 plus or minus 10 on CBS radio. It goes up and down. Like, we'll have a holiday station. We'll have stations pop up all the time. But on Shoutcast, there's 26,000 stations. Wow, 26,000. I, I, that's a lot. <laughs> 321 million streams uh, in one month. So, so uh, I couldn't listen to that many in a month. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I think that might be a little hard to do. Yeah. I have to sleep sometimes. So if you're going to visit the uh, Macworld Expo this week, you've got a couple more days to get here. Make sure you stop by the AOL booth. Maybe uh, occasional MyMac podcast contributor Lee Gibbons is here. If you see him, go over there and kick him really hard in the sh- No, no, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Just come over and say hi to him. And But thanks, Lee. Thanks a lot, Tim. So... Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.